Good to have you back. The Bill Michaels Show. Enjoying our day today. Enjoying the day today. And I know it's a little bit of a dra- rainy, dreary day today. That's okay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, our buddy Chuck Freeman from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. Uh, I had said, Chuck, that you probably got stuck in a bathroom, maybe uh, talking to a Bob Euchre bobblehead or something like that. No paper, so you're mad about it. So I, I get it. That's okay. Better late than never, man. You know Good stuff. How you been? I, I set I, I set my alarm for 12.30 p.m. every day. I look at my what I got to do. I set it for 12.30, and I was doing stuff, and I went to take a, a shower, and I came back, and my phone was blaring, and there's 15 messages from Grant. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, how did I? It's the first time I ever forgot. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> that's, it happens to everybody, man. I, I get it. Hell, I almost forgot the other day that there's a game coming up on Thursday night. I was kind of making plans to do stuff. And then I went, oh, that crap, that's right, I got to work. So, yeah, it's I, I completely get it. So, uh, let me ask you this, because tonight I am saying the Brewers are going to win. I've already proclaimed them the National League Central champions anyway. You know that. But tonight when they win, what beverage will you pop as they're spraying champagne inside that uh, that clubhouse? Well, normally I'd be down there, you know, and getting my equipment all messed up and, and watching cameramen fight for their lives and all that as the champagne is spraying <laughs> everywhere. Um, I don't know. I'm just – I'm, I'm going to be uh, – I'll be doing the game remotely here from home because um, I got I got to be up till about you know after this I probably got to be up till about two or three o'clock in the morning so no adult beverages for me I'll save that for the uh, the ugly sweater contest at the Bill Michaels household in, yes. in December when I'll yes. when I'll lose my mind <laughs> like it like it like it a lot and we'll have definitely uh, drink specialty drinks that night too without a doubt so um, the the question comes about resting guys and I you know I we we get it we understand it but it's not football it's not basketball. Hell, it's not even soccer with a continuous running. It's baseball. I mean, you give guys a day off every now and then, but for the most part, I mean, you, you don't want guys to kind of miss their groove, so to speak. So I, I'm not a big fan of resting guys for two and three days. I mean, you maybe give them a day off here and there, but for the most part, you're running with your horses uh, down the stretch here because you, you, you want to lock it up, and then maybe you start to adjust it for your rotation and such. But beyond that, you're not sitting a bunch of guys, right? No, and you got to get the the pitchers they're working now. One thing to know: Brandon Woodruff in his last start this past Saturday, his velocity was down ninety mm-hmm. ninety one miles an hour, and that's not good. He gets another start on Thursday, so that's going to be interesting. I'm assuming I'm with you. I think they're going to clinch tonight. Either they're going to win or the Cubs are going to lose. But one way or another, it's going to get done. It's not going to last till Thursday. Of course, I thought they'd get it done this past weekend, but yeah, Brandon Woodruff, Bill, I think is someone to watch out for. That velo has been dropping ninety ninety one. Says uh, they, they did a little mound visit. The trainers came out there, said there was nothing wrong. So we'll see where he comes back on Thursday when he starts again because um, they didn't they they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him and he didn't have he was baffled because yeah. you know he, no major league pitcher can be throwing ninety down the plate and you get away with it without that ball dancing a little bit. Right now, here's the other thing: if it's just fatigue, he's just getting a little bit tired. You you don't want to miss his start in the rotation, but you can get him in limited work. If they've already clinched, maybe instead of saying, "Hey, you're not going to make your start. We're going to rest you," you can always say, "Hey, look, we'll go three innings. We'll stretch you out. Go three innings. We'll you know turn it over to the bullpen. Let a few of those guys get a little bit extra work, win or lose, and kind of do something like that, just to kind of check his velocity. But if he's not hurting, the danger is, and, and I've been told this by pitchers. The danger is that if your velocity's down, you try to overthrow to get your velocity back up, and then you end up getting hurt. So you just kind of got to go yeah, out and do I, your thing and not worry about it. I agree. So I, w- I would say, like in the next couple of days, uh, next you know several days, 
J.P. Balstowskis better be on alert because that guy's going to get some heavy-duty work if they clinch, and, you know, because they're yeah. not counting on him in the postseason. But they'll they'll definitely use him, uh, you know, here in the next you know week or so to to stretch to, to find some innings to eat up some innings until we get to the playoffs. But yeah, but he's going to have to get in. You know, there's a couple other concerns, I, I, and and you know, Piamps, uh, we saw him bounce the ball in the dirt on on Saturday. Uh, his velo has been down recently as well, and his arm location isn't where it should be. Um, if a girl is coming off the injured list, they say he should be ready for you know, next week or so. So you have Woodruff, you have Piamps, and you have Figueroa. I'm not saying that we should be on alert or anything like that, but just a little cautious, see what's going on there with those those three guys. Um, but, you know, you look at the – they've leaned, still, as we know, they've leaned so much on their pitching staff, their starters, their bullpen – since day mm-hmm. one of the season, and you wonder if some of those guys are getting a little taxed. We've seen it happen before, where you know a pitching staff has had to carry the team, and then they get to they get to October, and there's nothing left. So, give me your thoughts on because we know that uh, you're not going to you know have anybody walking through that door that's suddenly going to add additional offense to this team. We've seen Christian Yelich; he was really on a tear for a while. Then the back flared up. the The, the average is even down; he's below 280. Uh, even though he's got his 19th dinger of the season, he's he's not you know giving you the power that he was. Is, is does it begin and end with him as far as you know concerns go? Boy, look at look at Yelich. We we thought that in May and June, you know, we're talking comeback player of the year, turning his season around. The old Christian Yelich is back, and I want to say you and I kind of just said, well, you know, let's let's give it some time a little bit, and mm-hmm. and and sure enough, uh, you know, I mean that is it, it's. This isn't what the Brewers signed up for when they pay, they paid him this money. Uh, let's be honest; um, they didn't settle for two seventy and nineteen home runs. This is not what they had in mind. They had in mind big, big MVP type year. So, yeah, they're going to need some production with him. You know, the Brewers are never going to tell us how bad that back is barking at right now, but obviously it's got to be doing some some problems. But you know, it's he, 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 they just can't afford. And this is, might be where we are the rest of. The way with Christian Yelich, I'm talking about the rest of his career. This is my, this is where we're probably at at this point. Those back issues just don't seem to be going away. But there's, you know, there's Donaldson at third base. He's, he appears to be the everyday third base, but he's going to have to contribute. Going to need some big moments from Carlos Santana. Mm-hmm. Hit that three-run home run on Saturday. You know, there's a few guys that have got to step up, but it's been so inconsistent. You just hope that the offense doesn't dry up in the postseason. Correct. Now, here's my next question. What do you do with Montesterio, who has been a, a pretty consistent hitter? So don't you have to try to keep him in the lineup, or do you just say, you know what, he's going to be a situational guy at best? You must have been listening to Lockdown Brewers last night, Bill, because that's exactly right? how you dressed last night. Right? That's <laughs> the last one of the things I addressed on the show last night. It's because you, you have Josh Donaldson. They want to keep his bat in the lineup. And then you got Terang and Monasterio. So you got mm-hmm. three guys playing two positions. Uh, Monasterio, I, I think his future with the team is a utility guy, but he's been having a decent year, better year than all three of those guys. Weren't counting on him to start the season. But, yeah, how can you take his bat out of the lineup? So you just go lefty-righty matchups. You got, you know, Terang, you rode with him mm-hmm. for so long this year. Defensively, he gives you so much. He, he's he's way better defensively than Monasterio, but Andrew has come up with some big hits this year. And like I said, I think they're they're pretty content on at least for the rest of the season. Obviously, 
having Donaldson over at third base. He's been he's been flashing the leather leather a little bit, and he's been you know he's had a couple of big home runs so far in a couple of weeks up here. So I don't know. I I I, I would put Monasterio at second base, Donaldson at third, and shuffle in Terang when you can. So what, let me ask you this: When it comes to the outfield, because it is been, Joey Weimer has just been such a train wreck at the plate. Do you have the options? Do you have, say, just defensive capability? Put Sal Freelich over in center. Would you rather do that, or would you leave Sal Freelich in right and just hope for the best with Joey Weimer defensively out in center field? Because you know you're not taking Christian Yelich out of the game unless he's in. Yeah, I don't. I don't see Weimer getting any at bats. I don't. I don't see Weimer getting any bats. If any starts, nothing. Uh, I don't see none of this happening. Um, I, I here's what I would say. I, I, I'd say Canna will be in right. Tyrone Taylor will probably play some right. He's got that hamstring issue. Freelick in center, Yelich in left, depending on how the hamstring is doing or the back is doing. But Weimer's, you know, he's out, I, I would say. Um, and, you know, you got the trip down to the minor leagues. And I, I, I would say, you know, I, I go with Canna. I mean, Canna's the guy you can't, and I've been saying this, you can't take him out of the lineup. So you got to find a position for him. And it's either going to be right or left if Yelich is not in there. And, and Tyrone Taylor's been swinging a pretty good bat. You know, again, the hamstring injury has been going him. But Weimer, uh, no, I, I, unless there's some sort of defensive way you're going to get him in the game, you can't afford it. He, he just looks awful at the plate. You can't use him. Uh, Sentimentality-wise, do things start creeping in regarding Craig Council? When you get to the postseason, you realize if you lose a series, his career may be done with the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, I – you know, somebody asked, I, I saw on, on Twitter today, is that going to bother the players with so much uncertainty regarding Craig Council? It really doesn't. You know, you know, Bill, these guys are all independent contractors. These guys, these baseball players are looking for their own, you know, where where am I going to play in the future? You know, they want to play for somebody who they like, obviously. They want to play in a good situation. But they're too, it, it doesn't matter who's managing this team right now. They're all concerned about, you know, having good performances, building up their resume, you know, how much money can they make in the long run? That's what it's really about. And, of course, leading the team, obviously. But uh, if someone asks you, hey, you know, is, is the Craig's Council situation, is that going to hurt or hinder the team here in the postseason? Not one iota. I would tell you, from being around these professional athletes all of my life, um, not one iota is this going to bother anybody. Yeah, I, I don't think it bothers guys on the field. I don't think anything hits until after the fact. And yeah. then, you know, even then you got to wait for decisions. I mean, do you get a sense as to which way Craig Council's leaning? No, not at all. I, my guess is he would have signed a contract extension already if he really wanted to come back. If his heart right. was really into it, wouldn't he have signed that contract extension already? Right. Um, I don't think I'll be honest, I don't think he's coming back next year. Now, what is he going to do? Is he going to go to New York? Is, is he going to take a year off, two years off? What's he going to do? And then it's like, who's going to be the next coach? Who's going to be the next manager of the team? Could it be Pat Murphy? Could it be Kevin Seitzer, the hitting instructor with the Atlanta Braves, the former Brewer? Could he be mm -hmm. a guy whose name is floated out there as possible managerial material? But that's all questions, Bill. We'll, we'll answer right. in the offseason. That'll, that'll, that'll give me an excuse to come on your show again. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that's you bring up a good point because Pat Murphy's been the guy that's been alongside, and he has been the analytics guy alongside 
you know, Craig Council this entire time and the sounding board. So the natural thought would be to keep the face, keep the same. You go with Pat Murphy, but, you know, I mean, to keep continuity. But they're doing something right now pretty special. And, you know, being able to, you know, kind of get the most out of the least. I don't know if I'd want to mess with that. I think it would almost be automatic for Pat Murphy, even though it's kind of a very vanilla take. But I, I think that might be the direction you would go, wouldn't you? Yeah, he's got managerial experience, Bill. You know, he knows the right. team. He knows this team. The chemistry seems to be pretty high on this team. But I hear, I see your point there. Yeah, you never know what Matt Arnold's thinking. But I, I would think that, you know, why wouldn't? And I would guess he would want it. I know he had a little health issue a year or two ago. Um, but that that's not getting in his way. He's going to be fine. And, I, I yeah, if if you were to tell me who I would choose, I would, I would, I would keep it in-house right there. Yeah, I probably would go in that direction as well. Chuck, good stuff. Uh, go ahead and dry off now if you haven't already, and then uh, we'll touch base again <laughs> next week, pal, okay? Yeah, let me real quick, the Lockdown Brewers found on Google, Spotify, Apple, all the major downloads, the video version of Lockdown Brewers. Uh, search on, Go to YouTube, go to YouTube, search Lockdown Brewers, hit the subscribe button, hit the subscribe button. That alerts you every time we drop an episode here on Lockdown Brewers. There you have it. Good stuff. Chucker, we'll talk to you again next week as the playoffs get underway, okay? You got it, Bill. I'll be back at 1230 next week. All right. Talk to you later. There you go. Chuck Freeman joining us for a couple of minutes from the Lockdown Brewers podcast. You can find his stuff. uh, Same place. You can find our stuff. Spotify, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts as well over on YouTube. Locked on Brewers. Locked on the Brewers podcast. Uh, When we come back, let's take a listen to what Joe Barry has to say about his defense and Adam Stenovich about the offense. Let's do that when we come back. Stay tuned. We still got three rocking segments left to go in the program before we get out of here and call it a day. A lot more of the Bill Michael show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Pella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. Six ninety nine APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at Good to have you and the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Uh, good stuff uh, from our buddy Chuck Freeman. So uh, good to get him on. Uh, we hear now from Adam Stenovich and the defensive coordinator Joe Barry 
Adam Stenovich. First of all, when it comes to Keyshawn Nixon and uh, being able to utilize him, we heard Matt LaFleur talk about it a little bit earlier. But Adam Stenovich also talked about Keyshawn Nixon and his desire to get him playing some offense. Yeah, I mean, he's an explosive playmaker. Get the ball in his hands. You've seen it on kickoffs and all that stuff. So anytime we can figure out a way to get him the ball, I think would help our offense for sure. Um, when you get, uh, you know, and the other thing, uh, when it comes to Adam Stenovich, uh, got a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young players over on the uh, offensive side of the football as well. You got to keep it as simple as you can. Um, the one thing about those guys, though, is there's no quitting them. Um, they don't have a lot of scars, you know what I mean? So they just had a good look on them the whole game, which was really cool to see, um, like, no matter what the score was. They just went out there and tried to do their job and played for each other. So I think the biggest thing is just keeping it as simple as you can, but then allowing them to be able to, uh, you know, do what they do and, and get them the ball. Um, so it's it, it was fun to watch those guys go out there and compete. Uh, and it was. It was good to, you know, kind of have the young guys throw the enthusiasm out there. But he talks about having so many rookies that are playing significant snaps right now. you got a guy like Musgrave and Reed and Dontavian Wicks and, you know, even Jordan Love to a certain extent because this is technically is kind of his, his rookie year, so to speak. So a lot of young guys playing significant snaps. you got to keep it as simple as you can. Um, the one thing about those guys, though, is there's no quitting them. Um, they don't have a lot of scars, you know what I mean? So they just had a good look on them the whole game, which was really cool to see. Um, like, no matter what the score was, they just went out there and tried to do their job and played for each other. So I think the biggest thing is just keeping it as simple as you can, but then allowing them to be able to, uh, you know, do what they do and, and get them the ball. Um, so it's it, it was fun to watch those guys go out there and compete. It's tough after a win like they just had because you have to you got to get down off the euphoria of a come from behind win and then a missed field goal and then you know your defense played pretty well, your offense didn't play great, but you know while you played a bad game, you still walked away with a win. He talks about being able to flush that emotional comeback and turn the page for tomorrow for Thursday night. Yeah, you tell him, yeah, and Matt kind of said it afterwards. He's like, enjoy it, you know, for the night, but then you got to put it away because we got a quick turnaround uh, with the Lions. And the biggest thing for these young guys when you play these short weeks is just to learn how to get their bodies back to feel as good as they can for Thursday night. Um, so you just really have to emphasize, you know, getting in the cold tubs, hot tubs, treatment, all that stuff to make sure by, you know, four days from then you're, you're feeling good to go play a football game. The other thing that can play in your favor when you talk about youth is, and he alludes to this, sometimes you don't know what you don't know when you're a young player. You don't know you're not supposed to win games, so that played in their favor. Yeah, there is something to that where it's just these guys are just hungry and they're going out to make a name for themselves and just make a name for the new group that we have. So um, there is something to that. How did the left side of that offensive line, no David Bakhtiari, no Elton Jenkins, how they perform? Uh, there was a few mistakes. Um, you know, we had uh, a few, but I thought the one thing about those guys is they compete. I thought in pass protection, our offensive line did a really good job against that front, uh, which I was pretty proud to watch those guys do that. Uh, but we still got a little ways to go in the run game, um, just with our physicality and, and all that stuff. But I think we'll get there. 
So the big question, which you and I were talking about a little bit earlier, was A.J. Dillon. So why is A.J. Dillon's run per, you know, carry down? Why why is he just struggling? He's had a few runs called back because of penalties. I think that would have really helped that average. Um, and, yeah, it's just there was a couple calls where we had some bad calls and they had some really good calls on defense where we had some tackles for loss and things like that. So it's a combination. Uh, the one thing I, I know – AJ's a good running back, and I know what we have, so I'm going to be confident and just keep leaning on those guys, and I know he'll come through and make the plays we need him to. They have had quite a few, as we know, miscues uh, over the last couple of weeks, and it's false starts, it's pre-snap penalties and all that kind of stuff. So how do you go about correcting that, especially in the short week? You, you can't read too much into it as far as, you know, Sometimes in practice you'll be going and you'll hit a period where all of a sudden you have like three or four penalties and you're like, what's going on, guys? You just got to regroup, you know what I mean? Stay calm, regroup, and focus. And, you know, it, we can execute. I know we can execute. It's just a matter of just doing what we're supposed to do, coming off on the right snap count, things like that, aligning right. Um, so, yeah, keeping it simple again, but just believing in your guys and believing in yourself. Jordan Love, uh, one of the things that everybody loves is the fact that he's got a little bit of athletic ability and he's able to scramble, able to move a little bit better than the, the aging Aaron Rodgers did. But uh, one thing that uh, they are noticing is at times he is not sliding. So uh, Stenovich talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, he caught me by surprise, too, because I was expecting him to run out of bounds and he just kept rolling. So that was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. And then the one in the end zone, that was a phenomenal run by him, just making DeMario miss like that. That was a pretty cool play. You've got Aiden Hutchinson, who is coming to call in for the uh, Lions, and he had a hell of a season last year. He is uh, you know, strong for anybody this season. He talks about the challenge, whether it's Bakhtiari or anybody else that's going to have to face Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, we got to account for him, and they've been moving him around a lot. He's not only playing uh, – over over the tackles, he, they've been moving him inside, so we're going to have a good protection plan for him, for sure. So the the run defense of the Lions is pretty stout, and, and you'd like to be able to have Aaron Jones back, but if not, he talks about that Lions run defense and the challenge they present. They're very similar to New Orleans as far as their structure. Um, their linebackers are very aggressive, and I think they're very instinctual players, uh, but their interior guys do a really good job. Um, just getting off blocks and things like that. They're very disruptive. So uh, that and a combination of, you know, they're always trying to have an extra hat in the box with the safety, 32. Um, they're a pretty aggressive bunch. They did a good job versus Atlanta. I got to be honest. Uh, I know people call it trick plays. I don't mind it. I, I call it creativity. I, you know, I know the question is why so many, quote, trick plays this early in the season, but I love the creativity that Matt LaFleur and the offense are showing, but he, he talks about that. Well, yeah, I mean, you're always you're always trying to have some stuff in case you need to generate a play or keep the defense on their toes. I think that's really important because um, they're going to be working on that stuff, and it's potential big plays if you can get it executed. Now, the other thing, uh, when you talk about, quote, trick plays, guys love it, especially when it works. He talks about that as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, they love it. They always, you know, they always so is there love a value play. in that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they they get excited when they hear it in the huddle and hear the play call, and they're like, all right, it's time. Here we go. Um, unfortunately, that one didn't work. Maybe one day we'll have another one. The interesting thing about the Packers offense, something statistically maybe you didn't know, 
is they are trying to pass the ball downfield more this year than they did even last year or the year before with Aaron Rodgers. It's going downfield more. So why are they trying to do down, more downfield with Jordan Love? Because it just hasn't been as successful. I think overall from our wideouts, we have a little bit more speed than we've had in the past. Um, so I think all those guys have the ability to do those vertical routes and, and come down with the ball. Um, so. I, I think it just fits, and then we're getting a lot of single high defenses, so they're kind of daring us to do it. So you got to push the ball down the field to see if you can make big plays. I understand that, but they have the ability. We're going to see if we can get big play, but they're not, and it's killing their percentages, and it's it's you know putting them kind of behind the eight ball when it comes to down and distance. I I'm, I don't know that I'm a fan of some of the things that have been going on. Uh, in the meantime, he talks about Romeo Dobbs, the uh, the young rookie, wi- or the young second-year wideout, and how he's coming up stronger. Yeah, I mean, he's always, when he first showed up last year, that was one of the things you noticed about him is his, his catch radius, but also his ability to make those kind of catches and his strong hands. So... I guess I've always just kind of taken it for granted. But, yeah, we've always known he's he's been really special from that aspect for sure. That's Adam Stenovich, uh, offensive coordinator for the Green Bay Packers. Let's do this. We'll go ahead and step aside. We'll come back. Got some good buy or sell coming up. We'll save Joe Barry for tomorrow. Let's do that because we, we just wanted to hear everything from Stenovich regarding this offense and some of the reasons why it is or isn't working and some of the philosophies as to what it is they're doing. But we'll hear from Joe Barry coming up tomorrow on the program. Until that time, let's get into uh, uh, not only uh, some buy or sell, but also what we miss coming up in the next couple of segments. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Buckle up. It's all systems go at Potawatomi. Plug in to high wattage play and you could win an all-electric BMW i7. Play now through September with your club card. Prize drawings on Thursdays. There's a shocking $800,000 in total prizes on the line, including the luxury BMW i7. It's time to electrify your drive. Only at Pottawatomie Casino Hotel. More info at paysbig.com BMW. Must be 21 years old and a club member to play. Michael show continuing on and uh, glad you're with us 877-867-1670 uh got a lot of different stuff still to get to don't forget coming up tomorrow we're back at it on a Wednesday Packers are on the practice field again tomorrow we'll have more from inside the locker room and kind of go from there in the meantime it is time now for a little bit of buy or sell what's up Bill, I love this segment so much, and I'll admit there are days <laughs> I feel like I'm not at my best. Maybe I don't have the best questions. I feel like I got three awesome 
awesome points for you to either buy or sell today. I'm very excited for that. Ah, I'm feeling good. NFL only. We're not messing around. I love baseball, and we'll talk a lot of baseball. Brewers in the postseason next week. We'll get to it. But today, all NFL. I want to start with the team that played on Sunday Night Football, the Las Vegas Raiders. They're one and two. Okay, and Devontae Adams seems upset. This team can't score, even with Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL Mm -hmm. in rushing last year. They've scored 17 points, 10 points, and 18 points. And that 17 points in week one came against the Broncos defense. They're awful. They just got 70 dropped on them. So the Raiders can't score. It seems like they'd like to get a different coach, but they can't afford it. And it seems like this team is going nowhere fast. Bill, here you go. Buy or sell. The Raiders should make Devontae Adams available for trade. And the first team that should pick up the phone and make a call should be the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, to answer your first question, yes. They should probably trade him away. Um, Boy. Who else would make a call? You would have to think maybe the Rams. Um, the Niners and imagine? the Eagles are probably set with their weapons. They've invested yeah. a lot already. Yeah, the Rams would make a call. Depends on how long T. Higgins is out, but I don't think Cincinnati's going to pick up his contract, but T. Higgins went down with an injury last night. So they need a counterpart to, to Jamar Chase. Uh, can you imagine if Denver wanted to help out Russell Wilson? Oh, God. And he went to Denver. Oh, Poor Devontae God. Adams. <laughs> no, I don't even feel bad. I don't feel bad. I, they were saying this morning on uh, Good Morning Football that the grass is always not green and golder on nice. the other side of the fence. Um, God, there's so many teams, uh, you know, crap, you could, you could send them to uh, uh, with some of the problems they've had in Buffalo. Buffalo would be. Another, you know, if they're going to go for it this year, now that they feel that the they're going to be one chasing Miami and two that the Jets are pretty much done. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo's got to make a run. Buffalo would be a team. Uh, they don't have the cap space in Kansas City to absorb him, so they couldn't do anything. I'm just trying to think of contenders. And yes, the Dallas Cowboys, I'm sure, will make a make a play because they do for everybody. But man, I actually think that it makes sense for the Cowboys. They're all in. Yeah. They love their defense. They love the love their special teams, and they have some nice weapons, but they don't really have a star. Imagine Adams and no. CeeDee Lamb together. Yeah. Ooh. And he knows Mike McCarthy's system. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know? Now, would he go? I, I don't know. I don't even know what his uh, trade status is when it comes to having say in that. But, yeah, I think uh, I would – yeah, if I'm the if I'm the Cowboys, I make that call. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know Jerry will. Yeah. He calls on everyone. I think this was a, a call that would actually make sense cuz the Niners, the Eagles, they've invested a lot in weapons. I don't I don't think they're looking to add a star receiver. Dallas? Woo. Just saying. I know yep. we don't like the Cowboys, but it would be kind of fun. Buy or sell. Yep. Bill, friend of the show, Brad Spielberger put out a story today at Pro Football Focus. It was a list of what every team needs. Right, This is the one thing this team needs to address in the offseason or at the trade deadline or whatever. He says that the Packers' biggest need is running back. And his suggestion in the story was that the Packers draft Braylon Allen next year. So, Bill, buy or sell, you'd be excited if the Packers, say, use the Jets' second-round pick to select Wisconsin running back Braylon Allen in the 2024 draft. Here's my question. We just got done talking to Zach a while ago about Braylon Allen wearing down at the end of the season last year. Now he's going to get the majority of the carries with Ches Malusi going down this year again. 
Do if we see him wear down again, does that throw up a red flag? Hmm. See, he gets he gets a lot of work, but so did Jonathan Taylor in in I, college. But he but he's not Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. He's not. I mean, I, my answer would be yeah, I, I'd take him. But he's not Jonathan Taylor. And so I'm not, to, to put that same level of expectation on him. I wouldn't do that. So. I, yeah, you, he's he's a solid running back. I do that absolutely. I draft him. He also but, wrote in this story. Go ahead, go ahead. Go, but but I don't have that same level of expectation to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if they did that. He also suggested Brad Spielberger again that the Packers explore trying to get Jonathan Taylor if he reaches unrestricted free agency this offseason. And I'm just thinking, you know, if Jonathan Taylor gets to free agency, he's mad at the Colts. Why wouldn't he think about the Packers? It's like, well, this team already looked into me. It's clear that they want me. Maybe that could happen in the offseason. Would you be down for that if they gave Jonathan Taylor a big deal and, and brought him to Green Bay? I would do it. I, I I would do that in a heartbeat. If Jonathan Taylor can come to Green Bay, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I think I would, too. I don't love paying running backs big money, but Aaron Jones matters. You can see when Jones isn't out there. Don't tell me running backs don't matter. Okay? It matters right. to this offense. Absolutely. Jordan Love's not making a pile of money yet. I, I like it. Buy or sell. Last one. Bill, the Minnesota Vikings are 0-3. Isn't that sad? Uh, makes me smile. <laughs> um, Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his contract. He'll be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Bill, buy or sell. The Vikings should call the desperate New York Jets and try to trade Kirk Cousins to New York. Yes. i do that in a heartbeat. They're talking about Carson Wentz. Now, Carson Wentz... If they bring him in, because he's not doing anything right now, if they bring him in, at least he has had minimal success with bad, bad teams. But yeah, you could trade for for Kirk Cousins, and because Kirk, is Kirk Cousins in the last year his deal? Yep, he's done. And the Vikings will have uh, yeah. some spare change worth the dead cap money the next few years, but right. not like forty, fifty million, anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I being zero and three right now. It, there's only been out of the last 23 teams to go 0 and 2, one team, the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals, have gone to the postseason. So you're 0 and 3 right now. You're not going anywhere. Your season's pretty much done. It would be have to. It would have to be some kind of remarkable turnaround for you to be able at this point to to even find yourself in the postseason. So if you're going to start the tank and you're going to have the hope for uh, the badness that could possibly be Caleb Williams, then maybe yes, I would go in that direction. So these aren't oh, buy trade away Kirk Cousins. Yeah, these aren't buy or sell questions. I just have two follow ups. I, I want to pick your yes. brain about the the Jets for a sec. If Kirk Cousins is added to this Jets team, let's say next week, and the Jets are what would they be one and two or one and three? Do you think that that's a team that could make the playoffs and go on a run? Just add Kirk Cousins where Aaron Rodgers would be. Do you believe in that team that they could do something? No, <laughs> no. I, I Kirk Cousins is decent. He's not great, and he's certainly not Aaron Rodgers. The problem is you can't put a you can't polish a turd, and the turd is the offensive line. As much as people want to rip Zach Wilson, and they've seen enough, and you got Joe Namath, and, and can anybody at this point really, let's be honest, take Joe Namath serious? I love how he's. I just mean, blasting I have no disrespect. I mean, he's an inc- he's an incredible Hall of Famer, and he had an incredible Super Bowl, and and everything that he's done. And I get it, but I at this point now he's kind of a fan. He does look at the game differently. I appreciate that. And he said he's seen enough of Zach Wilson. I think we all have. I didn't like the Zach Wilson choice to begin with. Uh, I'm to the point now where I feel sorry for Zach Wilson because last year he was a jag. He tried to try to have Aaron Rodgers in himself reclamate 
his his image inside that locker room, but he's behind a craptastic offensive line. He looks foolish. He looks like he doesn't know what's going on, and I don't think Nathaniel Hackett has helped him too much. So I I would say, yeah, go get Kirk Cousins, but Kirk Cousins is still going to be standing behind the same offensive line with the same play caller as Zach Wilson, and I don't think the results are going to be much better. Uh, another question, one more thing about the Jets. Do you think they flubbed this? Do, do you think that the second Aaron Rodgers went down and they said, Zach Wilson's our guy, and they keep saying it, don't you think they should have reached out the next day and started asking about quarterbacks? I feel like they are completely wasting this roster. Uh, yes, and uh, the problem is, and, and I thought Jeff Saturday had a great point, the year that early on in the season that Peyton Manning went down for the Indianapolis Colts, they ended up going 3-13 and that year, that year. Jeff Saturday said it was just because you knew that was your shot at going to the postseason. You knew the guy behind him was not going to take you to the postseason. And so when you get so high, knowing that you are a Super Bowl favorite, knowing that you have a legitimate shot at winning a trophy, to go from that to now I'm just coming in every day to do my job and collect a paycheck, that all those hopes are dashed. He said it is just, yes, you're getting paid. Yes, you are a professional. But it is so hard to come in with that same level of enthusiasm and attitude when you know you're not, the guy that's under center is not going to take you to the postseason. He said it's just, it's mentally, it's so hard. And I think we all have to think of it that way as a human being. Uh, Rodgers was it. And they put all those eggs in that basket. Now, I agree with you. They probably should have started calling around. But I think what they were hoping for was, has enough of Aaron Rodgers rubbed off that Zach Wilson suddenly gets it? And the answer after a couple of weeks is, oh my God, no. And so now they've got to figure something out. But I think at this point in time, it's too little too late. So uh, let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap it up. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Veterans America. They believe in owning the land that you defend. Call our buddy James over there at uh, 262, anywhere in the state, by the way, 262-745-3333. And uh, they're just... They're just easier to work with than even banks or credit unions to a certain extent when it comes to veterans because they just have different avenues uh, of, of lending. And uh, when they say, hey, zero down payments, no PMI, some looser credit requirements, they try to clean up some of the mess that some of the some veterans have gotten into with other, they'll say, you know, veteran-caused, we'll say, uh, credit unions, wink, wink. So uh, he says, look, we just try to straighten out the mess and try to give them a better deal because they deserve it. So own the land that you defend. Call my buddy James, 262-745-3333, 262-745-3333. That is Veterans America. We wrap it up next. In the- this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. What advice would you give somebody that you know that's window shopping? I'd have to say Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin plays at an MVP level in the replacement game. They came in ahead of time, measured all the windows, make sure they had all of the measurements. When the Pella people left, you had no idea they had been here. You just had the new window. They're great professionals, Gina, and some of the best in the world at what they do. Right now, pay as low as $19 a month per window or $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. 
Capella's team of expert installers start with an in-home consultation and finish with no hassle or mess, leaving nothing but perfect results that stand the test of time. Right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, pay as low as $19 per window and $75 per month on patio doors. Visit PellaWI.com today. $6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers end at 9-30-2023. You got to hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Hit it, bang it, rock it, put it in the pocket. Good to have you. Good day today. We're a couple of days into the week. Hump day tomorrow. Packers play on Thursday. Seems like the week's just short. We're fine. Flying through this one. Flying through this one. Um... We were talking before about whether or not uh, Kirk Cousins would agree to a trade. He's got a no-trade clause, but i got to think that if he's got an opportunity to go to a team that looks at least as if they could become a a playoff-contending type of team, maybe he would waive that no-trade clause and then go show his wares in New York, and then who knows, because he, they're obviously not going to keep him. They're not going to retain him. He'll become a free agent next year, and uh, maybe just maybe – he latches on with a different team uh, for whatever the the money is going to be because you would assume Aaron Rodgers is coming back. So, but uh, yeah, I, I you know if you're if you're him and you know you're not coming back to the the Vikings anytime soon, then why not? Why would you not waive that no trade clause? You know, so. Uh, it, but well, let's do this. Uh, kind of what do we miss today? Uh, our buddy, uh, Grant Bills again, standing by. So what did we miss today? Grant? What did we miss? Uh, Bill, a couple injury updates really quickly. It sounds like, yes. uh, Romeo Dobbs might've spilled the beans on Aaron Jones's injury. The quote is we'll have 33 back. So that was in media availability within the last hour. Sounds like Jones is going to play, which isn't a surprise because it seemed like he could have played on Sunday and didn't. And Christian Watson also told reporters the plan is for him to play. So I guess we can count on those two guys, it sounds like, coming back for the offense Thursday night. Nice. Well, that's good news. It's Don't fantastic mind that at all. News. Yeah, amen. Uh, an NBA story, a couple things I want to share with you real quick. Jabari Parker uh, found someone to talk to at Eurohoop. Uh, he called out the NBA, describing the league as watered down. <laughs> and that's why he chose to leave to play in Barcelona, Spain. A little odd. The league is watered down. I guess. <laughs> in other words, nobody wanted him. <laughs> So well, it's watered down. Well, what does that say about him? If the league is watered right? down and he still can't play in the NBA. Right? That, that That's the same as is the other day I actually went and looked up um Giannis's deal. And I was kind of checking on that because of what he had said about, you know, uh, money doesn't matter. He will have made by the time this contract ends and his Nike shoe deal, he will have made over $450 million. So, yeah, it's pretty easy to say, oh, money doesn't matter when you're sitting on the pile. And he gets paid over, I said at 20-something, back a few years ago, his first contract was with Nike was paying him $10 million a year. Justin shoe contract. That doesn't include the new deal that he recently signed when he designed his own shoe, the Giannis or whatever, which I reportedly gave him over $20 million a year. 
So when you're talking about making almost $70 million a year, my question then is, why in the hell are you signing these big contracts when you keep saying money doesn't matter? Same thing. Same. It's, it's kind of like you know a, a little bit of a head-scratcher. Anyway, I digress, but there you have it. We can get into that what tomorrow, too. Uh, lastly, I had to bring this up today, Bill. So I was texting with Ben Kenny about this. Josh Hader is back in the news. He was making uh, headlines. Padres finished 7-23 and in one-run games, or they're 7-23 and up till this point. It's the worst mm-hmm. record we've seen in Major League Baseball in almost 60 years. Uh, right. Bob Melvin, the Padres manager last night, I'm going to play you 30 seconds from his postgame presser. Sounds like he would have liked to use Josh Hader for a four-out save. For whatever reason, didn't. Here's his back and forth with yes, reporters. As for four outs, yeah. Hater could have been that guy against the lefty. There is that just him going three outs. It's, it's just... what we're doing right now. Yeah. And why is that? It's because the way we've handled it here. It would... Is yeah, there we... is there any discussion with them? Is there any thought? We we talk to them some. Yeah. That would seem to kind of run counter to the. I mean, you, you were saving him earlier in the season for later in the year, and here we are now, and it's obviously yeah. getting very late. That's just the way it happened tonight. Josh Hader had a quote after the game where he's like, we're not <laughs> even in the playoff race. You guys want me to do everything. Right? Doesn't right? sound like Hader's really laying it on the line for his team. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. It's a little so bit I... of a repeat of what we might have seen in Milwaukee at the end. Yeah. Good with that. <laughs> not our problem anymore. No, no, it's not. And you wonder if his attitude would be different if he was here in the playoffs and still happy with the guys around him and things would be great. Well, he so, said of San Diego after he left, it was great to be on a team that's all in on winning a World Series. No. He said that yeah. of the Padres, not the Brewers. Just saying. Just saying. Uh, yeah, do that in a heartbeat. Not a bad way to go. All right, that's it. Another day in the books. Good stuff today. Tomorrow we'll hear from I don't know who, but I know we got Joe Barry on the docket tomorrow. So we'll hear some comments from him. So until then, that's it. That does it for you and I. Time for us to get out of here. Have a going. Hoop.